Now, before we get into this episode, we have a special announcement from one of our sponsors, Design Crowd is an online marketplace that helps businesses outsource their graphics, their logos, and their web design with access to over 600,000 designers around the world. Now, within a few hours of submitting your design requirements, you receive 60 to 100 plus designs, so you have the best chance to pick the perfect design for you. Now, I personally love this option and I've used it in my business ventures and projects over the years because it saves me on a few major things in life. Now, it saves you on time. It saves you on the headache of going back and forth with designers and it's also affordable and scalable without you needing your own in-house design team. Now, the good folks at Design Crowd are kind enough to offer you as an exclusive Addicted to Success listener, the VIP Custom Design Upgrade Pack, which will save you over $100 on a deluxe project for any type of custom design, including logos, uh, business cards, websites, flyers, emails, and many, many more things. Okay, so head over to designcrowd.com slash success. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D dot com slash success and the promo code just for the addicted to success listeners is success s u double c e double s right now let's get into this interview ladies and gentlemen welcome to the addicted to success podcast i'm your host joel brown and i'm here today with steph and adam from fit couple cooks which is an incredible youtube channel with over 400,000 subscribers. They're on their way to half a million subscribers. They've already got their silver button plaque from YouTube for hitting over 100,000. Now they're at nearly half a million. Crazy stuff. And they are just an incredible couple that I've been so blessed to, to work with. Uh, they were in my Circle of Influence Mastermind group and we talked a lot about branding and marketing and strategy. And I'm just really proud of these guys. They've gone out and they've got a, an amazing publishing deal with DK, a book publisher. I'm just really excited to get them on the show to teach you guys and to share their stories on how they've been able to build such a massive YouTube following and how they create all this awesome content that quite often goes viral. So Steph and Adam, thanks a million for jumping on. I appreciate you being here for the Addicted to Success podcast. Thanks, Joel. Thank you, Joel. It's good to be here, mate. (laughs) So guys, you have a massive following on YouTube, uh, which you should be very proud of. It's not an easy thing to do. Steph, I know that you started the YouTube channel and then Adam came in to really uh, jump in with you so you guys could go back and forth and bring even more content to the table, which accelerated the growth. Can you tell me, Steph, what was it like in the very beginning? Because I know the beginning stages of, of every business, every social platform, every venture, isn't the easiest part. As a matter of fact, I feel like it's probably one of the hardest parts of, of business. So what was your experience and how did you, you guys get to such a, a large following on YouTube? Sure. So <clears throat> for me, sorry, I'm a little sick right now, but we're powering through. So for me, when I started my channel almost four, actually four years ago now, um, it was very difficult in the beginning. I just had this vision. I knew that I wanted to do it. I actually have a master's degree in music. This had nothing to do with music since our channel is all about healthy eating and meal prepping. Um, and I had come out of school and I always had this idea that, you know, kids in college, including many of my friends at the time, had no idea how to cook. So I just always had this idea, I'm just going to make videos on YouTube. And then when I started, I quickly got discouraged, you know, that by every video I was getting maybe like 10 or 15 views. 
every single video had at least one view from my mother. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That always counts. I know, biggest fan. Hi, mom. Um, And that um, I was just, I just kept pumping out content and because I knew that I had to be consistent. That was always my thing. I knew consistency is key and I wasn't really seeing much of an impact with the consistency. So my videos were getting like 50 views by the next couple of months and I started pumping out two videos a week, which at this point I was working a jewelry job. I was working a network marketing business. I was working for a theater company. I was privately teaching music. I was doing all these other things, but I also did not give up on YouTube. And I just still kept this vision in my head. And um, I remember my mom one day was like, you're so busy right now. Just skip a, a video. And I was like, mom, I can't. It's all about the consistency. I got to do it. And <laughs> I had like the tiniest following. And after a year of making two videos a week, I still only had 300 subscribers. I <laughs> <laughs> feel a lot. Yep. But to me, I was like, why is this not working? I have this vision. I'm, I feel like I'm doing everything right. And actually, my first paycheck from YouTube was 13 cents for a month of work. And I was making like 40 hours a week. Mm. (laughs) So um, after a lot of tears and, you know, breakdowns and then exciting things happening and then breakdowns and I didn't know what to do. And I made a really good friend, uh, JP, over at Healthy Junk Food. And he kept encouraging me. He was like, just keep doing it. And so I did. And then I met this lovely man over here, this guy, <laughs> who um, was a personal trainer and a professional chef, which I was not a professional chef. I was just a self-taught chef. And so when he came into the picture, he started appearing in my videos and it got kind of awkward that it was called Chef Steph. So <clears throat> we decided. I think the first video was like, this is my friend, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, kind of like confused and, about and our status. We just started dating and I was like, it's really corny. You should watch that video. It's pretty funny. It is pretty. He's just like, <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> so it was my first ever time making a YouTube video at all. And it was, yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was a good episode. You stand there with a good looking grin. You got some good looking hair there, dude. So, you know, <laughs> that's to be a part of it. <laughs> Yep. So then once we decided that we were going to actually get married at some point, we decided to rebrand the whole channel and change it from Chef Steph to Fit Couple Cooks. And this was after two years now of being Chef Steph. And at this point, I had amassed 10,000 followers because I started making sweet recipes, which was not really in alignment with what I wanted to do because I wanted to make everyone healthier. Um... But I then had a breakdown, actually, because I had made sweet, a sweet recipe that one of those viral things on Facebook picked up, and it got 25 million views. And I felt horrible that I had influenced 25 million people to eat Oreo bark. Oh, Oreo bark. It was like Oreo bark. And it was horrible for me oh. because it was like not in alignment with what I wanted to do. So I didn't care about the views. I shut down my YouTube for like a month until I figured out, nope, I'm just going to be completely healthy, cut off all my YouTube videos that were the, um, the uh, sweet videos, and then brought Adam on, and we rebranded to Fit Couple Cooks, and we decided we were going to make everything meal prep and healthy eating in general and uh, fitness and stuff. So at this point, I had 10,000 subscribers when we switched. I was getting maybe 500 views on a video. Two years of YouTube, two years. 40 hours a week, two videos a week. <laughs> and wow. when, we, um, when we switched, 
Adam, go ahead. What did I ever hear? Only, the only three words I ever heard you say. That's right. So chicken, broccoli, and rice is like meal prep. So that's basically all I would eat when I was doing my fitness game. Chicken, broccoli, and rice is all that I would eat. So I said, how about I make meal prep this week for the recipe for the channel? And we made a video. And back then, we didn't realize it would go viral. So we have bloopers right from the get-go. Like almost the opening scene is full of bloopers. I can't open the chicken packet. And it's funny slash also editing that makes it really good. And um, we posted it, didn't think anything of it. And within like a week, it had got like two, three, four thousand views. And we're like, what's happening? <laughs> and um, it just started. We kept making more. And so we used our recipes, meal prep that I've been doing for years, started making those. Then we started making uh, comfort foods like nachos and lasagna, something that everyone would normally eat. Started pushing them up, showing people how to make them with the right macros. And uh, took off. And that first video now has almost 6 million views, <laughs> which is wow. the number wow. one most viewed meal prep video on YouTube. Yep. And the reason why that's so funny is because it's not a very good video because <laughs> we didn't think that it was going to go anywhere. So. <laughs> well, that's usually what happens, right? It's like I have read somewhere that you can't predict virality. You can get close to it, but you can't predict it. Uh, And and thank you so much for sharing your story there, Steph and Adam. It's interesting how you jumped in and you were kind of in the beginning, you were just in the videos and slowly, it was like you were warming up to it. And then you just jumped in and started taking, uh, taking it on and and really sharing some, uh, uh, some pointers and direction. And it it sounds like you guys have come together powerfully to, to bring even more to the table. So that's awesome. What vision did you hold in your mind while you were going through this struggling stage of making video after video after video and like, you know, 13 cents from a YouTube ads that you made as a publisher? Uh, Because I remember when I started Addicted to Success, within the first year, I think the biggest paycheck I had was maybe like a hundred bucks, right, for that month. But I had been working a year straight and finally put ads on my site. So, it was a kind of disheartening, right? But the vision was the thing that really kept uh, pushing me forward. I could just see it. I could see the millions of views. I could see the, the people's lives that I would impact and the opportunities that would open. What did you see? I just knew, I just knew that I was going to impact world health. I just didn't know how. And in my brain, it was YouTube. I just, I just knew, like, I just have to keep going. And all I ever think about is that, what if I had stopped within that first year of working so hard and not getting anywhere? And if I had stopped, none of this would be happening today. But I just kept pushing because something kept telling me, like, you're going to impact world health. I don't know how, but it's going to happen. And, like, I even quit my job working at the jewelry store because I said, I'm making, I'm making videos every week and I have to quit. And my boss was like, <laughs> You're making no money from that. And I was like, no, I need to quit. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, yes. That was big- that's awesome. That That is so awesome. I think so many people right now need to hear that that's the journey. That it, To just hit it from the get-go, that's not normal. If you do, awesome for you, but that doesn't usually happen that way. I have a, a kind of a golden rule. I'm writing my book right now on vision and, and there's kind of this golden rule that will, I make sure that anyone that's casting their vision for the future, that you need to make sure that there's elements of learning, living and giving, right? Learning as in your personal development and growth. You need to keep feeding your mind to feed your business and so on, right? 
the living is having experiences, trying things and, and growing that process. And then you have the giving, which is contributing. It sounds like your vision included all three of those, whether you consciously added it in there or not. It was the process of you were experiencing more, you were learning more along the way by shooting videos and, and, and studying new recipes and trying things out, experimenting. And you were also, you knew that what you were doing had a purpose and had meaning. I think as human beings, we, we all need to have a mission while we're here on earth. I think a lot of people are unhappy, they're depressed, they're, they, they don't have the hope because they don't have the mission. Mm-hmm. So what is, what is your, as a, as a partnership, what do you believe your mission now is? Uh, has it evolved since you've built a, a bigger following and since now your book's out? I mean, congratulations on even getting the book out. That's, that's a huge deal in itself because not, it, like 90% of people say they want to write a book and, and 80, 9% don't. So <laughs> yeah, what's, what's your mission now? Like as it evolved? So the mission now is, is, is still the same mission, so to impact world health, but now it's more specific in we want to play a bigger part in the rules that apply to nutrition and how people eat. So there's a lot of miscommunication and people don't know what to eat. You know, they're confused on what to eat. They're confused on what's healthy, what's not healthy. There's also, especially here in, in uh, the US, there's um, – not enough regulation on what people can and can't eat and like labeling on on what's actually in the food that you eat. So we take the out of the equation straight away by showing you this is, this is healthy. You should eat this. This is a macro nutrition, a complete meal. uh, And it's easy for them to follow. And but the end goal would be to like change how everyone eats. Um, And so like in schools, uh, teaching kids better nutrition at school so they understand macronutrients. They ex- uh, explain how everything works in the body and um, how they can build their own meals. So I feel like a lot of people don't understand um, macros and calories and how much your body needs each day. and Changing the food pyramid. Yeah, and changing the food pyramid, understanding that better. Um, and then into the food labeling laws. People know that if they do choose to buy packaged food, that they know what's in that packaged food. They understand the label. They understand where that food came from. Um, and mm-hmm. so they have, they have a better – the choice is there for them. It's up to them to choose. But rather than know what's in the food, they not know what's in the food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, my mission has always been change world health. His mission was change world health before I met him. And then – when we came together and started amassing this following and we realized that we were having such a big influence on people, especially um, all over the world. We're getting messages every single day from countries that I probably didn't even know existed. Like just yep. people from everywhere telling us how we've impacted their lives. So now our mission has started to like turn more into a funnel of like, okay, now we really want to get more specific kind of like Jamie Oliver did in the UK where we want to really like change food laws here in the U S and really like hone in in that direction. So YouTube is like kind of um, micro now and we're looking more on the bigger picture of how we can grow out of YouTube and be more of like a household name of how like fit couple cooks changed the way that I eat, not because of just YouTube, but because of food laws or whatever. That's incredible because the vision now is expanded as your mindset has expanded with it as well. Do you guys uh, ask your followers for feedback? Do you do polls? Do you do anything like that to, to get some engagement from your audience to find out what they're looking for to serve your audience at a, high, at a higher level? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. So we would poll them on foods that they want to eat or types of recipes they want to see. 
Um, and that gives us an indication of like what is out there currently because like certain trends like low carb or keto is a, is a big trend or people, a lot of people are going vegan. And so we kind of poll people to see like where they're at and what they're thinking about what diet they're trying um, at the moment. So then we can engage and, and kind of like see like, okay, where's everyone going wrong? Where are people going right? Where can we kind of like move them towards a, maybe a better option or a, maybe do, or just give them what they want. So like give them a ketogenic meal or give them a vegan meal. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we pull everybody. We pull everybody from YouTube to um, YouTube. He does a lot on Twitter. He like pulls people on Twitter um, and also on Instagram and not so much Facebook. We should do more Facebook polls, but like actually you were the one who recommended to us to use the Twitter polls. So they work. <laughs> Twitter polls are awesome. I, I think, and for anyone that's listening, uh, you know, it's funny. I hear a lot of people say, Oh yeah, Twitter, it's, you know, Twitter's dead and all that. No way. Like I, we use Twitter a lot with addicted to success. We started out with Twitter. Then we leveraged from that to get people into Facebook and everywhere else. But with Twitter, what's really great about the poll feature on there, if you've got, let's say you've got a book idea, it's like, Hey, look, I'm writing this book right now. And here are four titles. Pick your best one. You know, so you can get some feedback from your audience on what they feel is like a really good title. If you're launching a course, you can put that out there. And the thing about uh, the Twitter polls is that Twitter gives a lot of favoritism to it. It, it. it makes a priority and it gives it more reach. It lets it reach for a longer amount of time. The Twitter polls can last for 24 hours. I think you can bump it up to, to days as well if you'd like. Uh, and that's what I love about the Twitter poll. It's funny. I put a poll up. We had nearly a thousand interactions on the poll. And then I had friends hitting me up out of like messaging me on Instagram and Facebook and saying, Joel, I saw that you're writing a book because I asked people to, to give me feedback on what title they liked. And I had friends messaging me and I thought, damn, like I didn't even know that these guys even saw my Twitter post. And I asked them, do you see my Twitter post? I said, no, nah, no, nah, but I saw your poll. That's the first time I've seen you on Twitter. So they're obviously giving priority right now, which is, is really awesome. So it's a good way to do it. And I think that what a lot of uh, people that are in the space of marketing their, their products and their brands, the mistakes they make is, or one of the big mistakes uh, that they make is that they they keep coming from a place of what they think everyone wants, but they don't actually ask. Yeah. And so therefore they can't serve the, the majority with what they really need. They're kind of giving them what they think they want, but not actually what they, they really need to, to uh, be moved by your product or your brand or business. Yeah. For sure. So, Adam, I know that you do quite a lot of research around marketing for your brand. What do you feel has, has been really effective for you guys in getting uh, your branding out there? Well, I guess the biggest thing that we do is the one-on-one. -on -one. So, like, where I'm heavy into the DMs, heavy into answering every single comment, and our best thing is retention. So, is I'm more focused on re retaining fans than gaining more fans. So the fans are coming. The fans are always constantly coming. We've always sat at about 500 constant subscribers um, on YouTube every day. And so that's, that, that funnel keeps coming. So we've done our hard work making the great content. The fans then on share the content. And then whenever someone comes on board and leaves a comment, we make it a priority to connect with the people that are coming on. So we're always retaining people. And we make an effort to like repost people's pictures so they make a recipe we'll then repost them so they feel like oh wow they they reposted the picture that i made mm. and then we ask we answer every question 
So they, they have my very personal questions and they might give you like a full paragraph or more to read. Um, and uh, we read all of them and then we reply to all of them. So that's the, probably the biggest thing that is when it comes to marketing is that we do all the work with the great content. The great content is shareable and then we retain everyone. So we always keep the content always has views. It's always gets shared. That's kind of how we mm. roll with it. I think it's a little, un, it's an under, underpriced, like it's an underused tactic that I want to call it a tactic, but it's an underused thing that um, people don't use is they look more at, well, let's get more subscribers or more people coming to my channel or wherever. The numbers look great, but you want to be able to retain them. You want to be able to service people that are already constantly there and give value to people that come back. Um, Build a relationship yeah. with your you know, fan base. Like we don't even like to call them fans. They're just our followers. At this point, some of them have become friends. Um, and we just really place a heavy emphasis on making those good connections and calling them the fit fam instead of our fans. Um, and that really helps with on, on so many levels. And we really do care about them. You know, we see the same names over and over. We get to know them. We know what their struggles are. We know what their stories are. And that's, that's really helped a lot. Yeah, amazing, amazing. So you guys are creating a movement around your brand. We talked about this in Circle of Influence. Uh, I was saying, you know, with Addicted to Success, our focus in the first few years was how do we make the brand magnetic? Like what is it about it that gives it that edge? And how do we create a movement around this, right? They're the really important questions you need to ask yourself if you're branding or marketing or creating content online. How do, what, how do we create a, a mission that people clearly understand because when you get your vision you guys have a vision you shared it before and, and and like we could expand it even more if you had the time but really when you can clearly convey your vision and your message to the world the right people start showing up i remember steph we were on the phone uh a couple of days back and i was asking about your subscribers and you said you know we're at like four hundred fifteen thousand, and, and i said how many of those do you believe are your true fans and what was the number and how did you measure that because this is important for people to know. I think about, we have like 6,000 super dedicated fans because yeah. when we release a video on Sunday, by Sunday night, that number is always at about 6,000. And so those are like hardcore, you know, oh, they put out a video, quick, go watch. And we appreciate them very much. <laughs> and then like more and more numbers will trickle in throughout the week. But definitely that's, there's like 6,000 hardcore FCC fans. Right, there you go. With Addicted to Success, I'd say something very similar. We had two and a half million and I think honestly, we'd probably have about 20,000 or so that I could say are really the ones that are in there sharing, that are buying products, that are moving, going to the events and all that as well. And I think that people need to stop measuring the wrong thing. Right. You know, it's, it's like, what can you do with what you already have? Instead of trying to get more, because we can be in this game of trying to get more instead of cultivating the awesome people that have already shown that they're dedicated to us anyway. Right. Yeah. Right. And I love that. There's this like uh, quote that I saw floating around last week. It said, don't build links, build relationships. Moving forward, what could we do more? I'm even thinking about ways that we could do it with A2S and, and hearing how you guys are. What could you do? Like Adam, I know you said reaching out on the DM, directly messaging people. Most people don't do that anymore. Most mm -hmm. people are trying to mass hit everybody they're hoping that the content they put out will be enough. And we're just at a stage in the digital world and even in, in you know, this generation where you can't do that anymore. You need to truly connect. Connection, relationships, 
that human experience of coming together and like listening to each other, being seen, heard, and understood, that'll never go away. That's here to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Adam basically spends, I, I do a lot of the editing and, and um, background stuff, but Adam spends basically all day on all different social medias talking to the people who are messaging us all day long, answering yeah. comments. I'm talking like personal Snapchat, like <laughs> weird faces, like <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get a selfie. Be like, yeah, it's freaking awesome, and then send it straight back to them. And then and they're yeah. usually like, oh my god, you replied. And we're yeah. like, yeah. yeah. And then, but then we like, read our stuff. And then, like every, you know, then, then you build relationships with the same people that are on there that send you tweets or send you whatever, and you just like build relationships with people that from wherever they are in the world. And that's just how that's just how we play the game. Is that we want to generally want to help people. So I always give free invitation if you want help just ask and whenever I'm at, when, I, when I can get to the when I get to the phone when I can reply I'm going to give you my best and then that's it that's, that's the best I can do is give my best and reply and and I uh, hope that I can help yeah and no, I love that I love that that's commitment for sure I remember Seth Godin incredible marketer he's written a number of incredible marketing books uh, he said two things one of them, one of the things he said was uh, marketing is a contest for people's attention, first and foremost. So how, how do you get someone's attention? The yeah. direct message, like really getting to them, f- is going to be the fastest way to do it, right? But it sounds like the slow way. But imagine over time, like let's say every month you guys are speaking to 50 people. By the end of the year, you have 500 more really solid fans on top of the 6,000. So every year that goes past, and it trickles from there because they share and so on, right? And and just the the get back the investment, you share value, they share value. It's it's insane. Like a lot of people are trying to play like the quick wins now, and they're falling short. Yeah. Seth Godin also said that marketing is no longer about the stuff that you actually make; it's about the stories that you tell. Right? Sure. If you guys are getting better and better at the stories you tell through your video, you'll continue to be on that trajectory. And it goes for everyone that's listening and, and, uh, and you guys have got that like from the start when you said Adam that, uh, or Steph said Adam was like fumbling, opening the chicken packet. Like people love that. It's real. It's authentic. It's like, let's just keep it in there. It's, it's cool. So oh, yeah. yeah storytelling. Yeah. You got to keep the bloopers in for sure. For sure. So how do you guys monetize? Cause I think this is a question a lot of people want to know. They're like, how do you make money through a YouTube video or a YouTube channel? And, how do you monetize your brand? What about the book? Do you make money from the book or is it what comes after that? You know, so if you could break that down for us, that'd be awesome. Sure. You want to start with AdSense on YouTube? Sure. So you've got YouTube AdSense, which is just the, um, you know, we don't actually do anything for it. Like you just sign up for Google AdSense and they put the commercials on in front of your video, um, which you know, eventually it amasses to some money. Yeah, so there are rules involved with that. So the new rules now with YouTube is that you need 10,000 subscribe, 10,000 total views to be able to have AdSense um, on your channel. Um, and then YouTube uses um, their algorithm to put, obviously, family-friendly content comes first. You have to have a family-friendly content, um, which is kind of anything else is family-friendly. It's, it's not controversial or anything like this. And so then advertisers will then put their ad in front of your video, which again is totally random. You don't choose which videos come in front of your videos. They're all regional. They're all regionally exclusive. So if you're in Australia or in America, they get different ads come in front of your videos. And then 
uh, there's different things. So if you skip the ad, everyone that watches YouTube, if you skip the ad, no one wins. No one makes a set. YouTube makes zero cents. Yeah, I didn't know that. Zero cents, um, and you skip your ad and get to the video faster. But if you watch past that first five seconds and don't skip, then both uh, YouTube and the creator will um, create revenue from that. And then the longer you go, the more you make. So if you watch a full 30 seconds, you'll make more than if you just watch the first five seconds. And then if you watch like a full two minute or a four minute ad in front of the video, then of course you'll make more. So, um, but that's, I mean, it's that the YouTube Google AdSense is not a huge payout for YouTubers. So, um, unless you're racking up views, that's oh yeah, on unless views. you have like millions of views a lot on yeah. multiple videos. So you have to make money from other ways. So you can sign up for Amazon, um, affiliate links. So if you're using anything in your videos at all, anything, like we put every single kitchen item that we use on Amazon, um, a link to Amazon. So we make money from Amazon. And now we have partnered with a few brands. Uh, we partnered with a brand that was, um, it's a portable oven and it's a great way to heat up your meal prep, which is perfect for us. Um, and we make sure that we have avoided so many brands. Like I think you're getting the sense now that we were never in it for the money from day one. And so we had a lot of, um, brands that were coming to us, things like, um, what was Oscar Meyer and, uh, Kellogg's and things like this that don't align with our mission of making the world a healthier place. <laughs> So we turned down a lot of money. Like I think at this point we've turned down maybe oh. close to like a hundred grand. Yeah, um, tens of thousands of dollars have turned down, and basically yeah. it's it's in respect to the the followers and subscribers because we don't want to be an advertising platform. We only ever do a partnership integration with a company if we one use it or it works. The fans, the people that would use it also, like we would use it, they mm -hmm. would use it. And we generally the story behind it. So we've used it for a long time and they've reached out to us and we said, this is perfect. We've used your product for a long time. We would love to partner with you in a video. Yeah. So now we're partnering with some brands that work with our mission. Um, and that's what else do we make money from. So yeah, so it's affiliate link to Amazon, um, ads and revenue, and then the brand deals. Brand deals. So um, yeah. I think that's it. That's generally everything through, through YouTube. Yeah. And you have to leverage all right. three because unless you're getting a lot of views, you don't need technically a lot of views if you have a really good follower base. If you have a really tight following and they really trust your opinion and you get a partnership with a brand that can give you some money to, add, to then on-sell to your fans, whether it's an affiliate link or they're giving you um, money for just doing the video, um, you, can sell, you can sell a lot of product just to a tight-knit bunch of people you don't need thousands of subscribers yeah. right 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 so it's the quality of the of the uh subscribers and the relationships that you've built that heavily determines how much you can make on the back end because they will trust and respect you if you have delivered them value and committed to them so yeah it goes back to relationships isn't that crazy yeah it yep. goes back there I think just from my experience with Addicted to Success and uh, the conversations I've had with other YouTubers, if you hit around about a million views, you're probably going to make about 3,000 US dollars from ads. I don't know if I'm right in saying that. Do you think that that's probably pretty close? It's pretty close. Publish, publishing. 
pretty close because it's all depending. So between you'd say between two and three thousand dollars if you got a million views in a month. It's pretty close. Yeah, it's probably pretty close. Yeah, and of course there it's always go. it's different. But from people to people, channels to channels, it's always different. But you could say between two to four thousand would be the bracket. If you could if you could um, build a million views into a month, you could the potential could be you know two to four thousand dollars potentially. But you should never rely on that. Yeah, you should never rely on you that. You have no idea where it's going to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, YouTube is great, but the combination of everything, and now that we have the book too, um, that's also going to bring in some money for us. Excellent. Guys, what has your experience been like writing your first book and getting your book out there, like your publishing deal and marketing? What's your experience been like there? Because I know a lot of people that are, watching this right now, listening to this on the Addicted to Success podcast, they're aspiring to write a book or they've started to and they want to know like what's my next steps in getting the book out there and, and what's a good deal and what's not. So if you could share your experience. Sure. <laughs> so <laughs> we didn't have that whole, I know like a lot of people who want to write a book send emails out to publishers asking if they would want to um, buy their book. But we didn't actually have that because DK Publishing um, reached out to us at the beginning of this year. January, uh, yeah, yeah, January. And um, they had just found out that we ranked highest for meal prep on SEO. Um, so they had sent us an email saying that they wanted us to make a book with them. And so um, it was a very big learning process. And I would say that now we are very much more prepared for the next book that we anticipate at some point we'll be writing. Um, but here it is. It's very exciting. It's finally like in our hands. And look, we're even on the back. <laughs> and um, it, it feels like a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this book. Um, because yeah. you were saying he was Australian. Um, we were <laughs> married, but Adam was stuck in Australia for much of the writing of this book because of our marriage visa situation, had to wait, and then all these things. So. Yeah, we were separated for the entire. We separated for the entire book, but I spent all of it in Australia, and we spent probably half. Seth was in America for half the time, so we were back and forth, late night, you know, time swapping, trying to get the times right, and yeah. late nights to to write the book. Yeah, I think the thing that's valuable to um, the addicted to success followers is that you really need to. I don't want to say be bossy with your publisher, but you need to kind of stand your ground a little bit. Like if they're trying to tell you that they think that you should do this, you should also kind of say, well, I know my followers best and I think that we should do this because obviously we're the meal prep experts. DK Publishing is not the meal prep experts. Like that's just kind of, they're the publishing experts, but we're the meal prep. And they did respectfully um, say things to us like we know that you guys are the meal prep experts. So we would just, they would have an idea and we would say, well, actually like our fans would appreciate having shopping lists in the book. And they were like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's do that. So you should definitely feel comfortable enough with the publishing company that you choose to be able to recommend, like, I know my fans best and I think that they would appreciate this. And, um, but, you know, sometimes they said, well, we can't do that because we've already created the title and sold it to bookstores or whatever it was. So it was a bit of a push and pull and we learned a lot from the experience. Um, but do you have anything else that you would recommend? Yeah, I just say like to think about like trying to make we're in the we're in the cooking space. So trying to make a book with you know uh, like photos of food and writing all the recipes and like putting it all together into a book and making it like an actual physical thing 
it's probably a bit hard for like an individual just to do on their own. If you're writing, say, a novel, or you're writing a, a memoir or a biography, something like that, it's probably a little bit easier to self-publish because you can just write the text and you're just relying on text. Then, then you have to just get it to a book. But trying to put a huge, complex, you know, it's a 12-week plan together, um, it worked in our favor to have a publisher to do all that for us, like to, to do all the graphic design and all that kind of thing and plan it all together. Um, so you kind of have to weigh out like what would you, what's your book and what would you need to help publish it out? Um, how much effort would you need to put in? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, things like that. So that's why it was good for us. It also really helped to have an editor because yeah. we're really not good at writing things. So we just call every recipe delicious. Yeah, everything's <laughs> nice and everything's delicious. So she actually helped us with like, learning how to write words that describe recipes. And so for us, it helped having an editor. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, they were really helpful and it was just a lot of learning and it was a great experience and we're excited to do, get, do it again now that we have so much more knowledge. But honestly, the biggest thing is you just have to start. If you have an idea for a book, like you said before, like 90% of people want to do it, but only 89, I mean, 89 don't do it. You know, it's like, just you just got to do it. Write it and do it. Amazing. Amazing. Congratulations, guys, for taking the action on your dreams and striving to turn your dreams into a reality. It's, it's so inspiring to see that and uh, you should be proud of yourselves. Thanks. Thanks, Joel. I think also it's the second part of it is that just like Stephanie said, they came to us. We were like focused on just doing the do, like doing the good deed, putting out the good content, helping people. And then we kind of got a good sidetrack. Like something came to us. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, we probably should, this, we've always wanted to, let's probably do it now. That's probably another thing people should think about is that they maybe don't worry about the book, like go do what you want to do. If you're trying mm-hmm. to uh, help people in business or you're trying to do, you know, marketing or you're doing whatever you're doing, do that and then help people and put out good content and then the book will, opportunity will come or you, you know, it'll come up as you go. So don't, don't hold up on just doing the book. Just about do, the free stuff. Do the do. Do the free stuff and the book will come. Yeah, it's, it's about the vision at the end yeah. of the day. Like the book is just like a piece of the puzzle that falls into place as you keep moving forward. So it's, it's so good that you're there because that's the next level. Once you get another piece of the puzzle in, boom, you go to the next level, the next level. And your credibility builds. Now you guys aren't just the guys that have the, the big – a YouTube channel, you now have done the other hard thing, which is to write a book. And now you're probably like, what's the next hard thing? <laughs> right? That's, like, that's, that's what you just said, piece of the puzzle. Like that's what I always think about how this all kind of came to be. It was like when I was so frustrated, I'm sure a lot of addicted to success followers can understand the frustration of feeling like you have a vision you don't really know how to get there. Like that was me. When I was Chef Steph, I had the vision and I didn't know how to get there. And what I didn't understand was the bigger picture where I didn't have all the puzzle pieces. I didn't have Adam yet. He wasn't even in my life yet when I started Chef Steph. So I saw it, but the puzzle pieces weren't there. And then as more and more puzzle pieces came together, I met him. He came over. We changed the brand. We did this. We did that. We did all the all the good free content. And then like we got this deal with nom.com and we had this and that and all these brands came in and the book came in and now it's like, whoa. And now, now like you're saying, like, what's the next piece of the puzzle going to be? Like, we don't even really know. We're just excited. We know that it's going to be huge. Yeah. So. Yes. Yes. I think Martin Luther King says something like, you don't have to see the whole staircase. You just take the first step. That's right. 
mm-hmm. that's what you've been doing. It's just step, step by step. You step just keep step. going, right? One step at a time. You don't have to see the whole thing. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Right. So before we, we wrap the interview up, uh, I just wanted to, to ask you guys a question around the book. How do you feel this book will help entrepreneurs? Perfect. So, <laughs> so you want, go ahead. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> as, as an entrepreneur, like you're in, the, you're in the hustle game, you're in the let's create some wealth, you know, let's create financial freedom. And as you're going along that game, you're, some people leave behind the health aspect. So like what is your millions of dollars worth when you're 50 and you're obese and have heart disease and, and you know, you, you can't even get out of a, a chair, you know what I mean? You're just working from your computer. So the very important thing when it comes to, you know, being wealthy is also being healthy. That's, they work hand in hand. You have to do both simultaneously. So meal prep is great for people that are busy on the go because you can prep everything in advance. So you can have your, dedicate your two hours aside on a Sunday or a Saturday or whenever you have free time prep out your meals for the week and then they're ready to go. You can take them with you to work. You can have prepared meals and ready when you come home uh, and you're going to save a lot of time and fuss in the long run and you're also saving money. So a lot of you are in the startup game um, trying to, you know, um, maybe start to get some capital and start up. You can save yourself a lot of money each month by preparing your own meals and not going to Starbucks and not going to the takeout and, you know, you can save yourself a lot of money. So that's probably the two things that one, you can save money and you can save yourself in the health in the long run. Mm-hmm. Meal prepping is great. If you want to be a, you know, a hustler and you want to wake up at 5 a.m. every day, it's obviously going to be much easier if you have all your meals ready to go. You just grab it out of the fridge, take it with you all day. Like you're not going to end up having to go to Starbucks or McDonald's or whatever. And yeah, it's just the best thing is to be healthy. If you're going to be grinding, <laughs> you don't want to be like so stressed out that you're going to die at 30. Come on, man. <laughs> what are you working for? Right. Exactly. Exactly. We were talking about Gary Vaynerchuk before. What did he say? He said, like, you don't want to be like Chubby V, right? Chubby v, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gary has a whole podcast on being Chubby V and how, like, he just lost all of his health because he was just grinding every day. Drinking, drinking wine, <laughs> wine library TV, grinding, and just didn't care. And then realized that well, what's worth if I'm not healthy and what's the worth of having the money? Yep. Amen to that. Yeah, yeah. Living a life of balance. It's, it's a thin line when you're an entrepreneur because we're very, I think entrepreneurs are A-types and we want to do everything extreme and we're like obsessed with the hustle and the focus. It's finding the balance in between that dance, right? That's what it is. Totally. Love it. I can't wait to read the book, guys. I had a good skim over the uh, sample that you sent through. So thank you so much. I, uh, all this food talk is making me really hungry. It's getting close to lunchtime out here in Sydney. Uh, so I'm going to have to dive in and maybe even watch one of your videos and put something together. But uh, thank you for jumping on. I really appreciate you both. Now, where can we find you guys online and where can we find the book? So you can go to youtube.com slash fitcouplecooks where you can see over 70, 70. meal prep recipes are now on there. Um, and they're all about eight minutes long. So they're very quick videos. Um, and then if you want to go to... Amazon. Yeah, oh, so the, I was like, what's the other thing? You can go to Amazon and get the book, which it's a little confusing because unfortunately there are multiple books called Healthy Meal Prep. But this one is Healthy Meal Prep and it says Stephanie and Adam of Fit Couple Cooks on the bottom. So you guys can just type in Healthy Meal Prep Fit Couple Cooks and it should come up. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much, guys. Guys, 
We are wrapping up the interview right now and I always end the interview with this last question. And because there's two of you, I would like for one of you to go to fir- go first and then the second one to go after. Uh, but the question is, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Me. <laughs> so mine, mine is it's kind of like my life motto. So it's every day grow. Never revert back to who you were yesterday. Instead, decide now to be today the person that you will become tomorrow. That was smoking hot. I love it, Adam. Love it. It was one of the first things I ever heard about Adam. I was like, (laughs) well, to follow that now, I don't know. Um, But I think the most important thing that everybody needs to know is that you always have a choice. No matter what you are doing now, if you are doing something that you are not happy about and you see a vision somewhere else and it has nothing to do with what you studied in school for six years, master's degree in music, and I am now one of the top meal prep channels on YouTube, whatever it is, you always have a choice and you can drop that thing and go chase your vision because that's clearly what you're put on this earth to do. 